Yeah, hold that, please. Level five, thank you. Ah, you must be one of our new interns. Yeah, hi. Nice to meet you. Hi. Now, the most important thing to know is to attend the Biparsal Rise plug sale. The most important thing is what? Sorry. The single most important thing is to attend the Channelized Bing Bingus at the Biparsal Rise plug sale, and you'll be fine. Uh, yeah, that sounds important. Does work chat all sound like gibberish to you? Find collaborative articles with tips from the LinkedIn community to help you get through those tricky conversations. Making work make sense? LinkedIn knows how. Quality sleep is essential for boosting energy, recovery, and well-being. So, take your sleep to the next level with Sleep Number. With a Sleep Number smart bed, you can individualize your comfort level and enjoy a better sleep night after night. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599, a saving of $300, only for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Outspoken with White and Jordan. 100% engagement. It's a total disrespect. Download, stand well back, listen. Jim White and Simon Jordan. I don't see that view. Outspoken with White and Jordan. From the world's biggest sports radio station, Talk Sport. Thanks for listening to Outspoken with White and Jordan. I'm Jim White, and today myself and Simon discussed last night's Champions League defeat for Manchester United. How much worse does it have to get before it gets better? Bongi Bonambi breaks his silence over the allegation he directed a racist comment at England's Tom Curry. Former rugby union and league winner Martin Afaya joins us live in the studio. Plus, we talk boxing with Spencer Oliver and Frank Warren joins us with two very important dates for our diaries. It's Outspoken with White and Jordan. You tuned in to Manchester United. I did. And they lost, but you thought, well, how did they lose? Because they were all right, were they? They were all right until they weren't. I mean, obviously, the sending off Marcus Rashford affected the dynamics, but they were 2-0 up. And even going down to 10 men, I'm not entirely sure that's the full explanation of why you go from 2-0 to 4-3 and the manner in which you capitulate when you've gone 3-2 back up again. Um, I just think that Man United don't have any substance when it comes to adversity or when it comes to being put on top of them. They're a little bit of a flat track bully. They're okay when they're when they're in ascendancy, but the moment it comes back on them, and you know, people make a make a, a lot out of the out of the uh, one of the goals where Maguire and the other centre half Iran are playing, you know, back and forward with one another. But United just capitulated in the end, and I know that Ten Hag, ironically, was talking about the refereeing. Of course, yeah, it wasn't an English referee, I assume. So he, the argument about the refereeing standards across the continent by our mate over at Arsenal doesn't quite stand up. We've got poor refereeing standards. If you listen to the man. Managers everywhere you go. Right. Rashford descending off, probably a bit harsh, but there should be enough in that side mm. and 2 0 up to be able to not lose a game. Uh, and even when they get back to 3 0 and they've given them an the opportunity to get back to 3 0, they should have still shut the door and yet they make it worse for themselves. Yeah. Of course, it keeps on building up the narrative about Ten Hag and what he does. And he seemed very relaxed after the game, quite frankly. Well, I mean, no disrespect to them, but it was Copenhagen. I mean, we're talking about no no world beaters, are they? No, true. But the referee is, was but, Lithuanian. But, but this is the Champions League. And so you're not you're not going to get too many mugs in the Champions League. And mm. you can like, you know, and what listening to Paul Scholes and Owen Hargreaves last night, they're right to say, you're going to have these nights. You're going to lose these games away from home. What you don't do 
is you don't lose to Copenhagen and Galatasaray at home at Old Trafford. That's how you get out of it. If you're not in the richest vein of form like Bayern Munich are, yeah. you, you, don't, you get out of your group by winning your home games. Yeah, but also, when you go away to Copenhagen, you don't throw away a lead twice. Look, at Copenhagen. United have, been, United have been on the receiving this end. Is Manchester United apparently. Well, Manchester United is, is a figment of our imagination at times. But the, the in the Champions League, they've lost 4-3 to Bayern Munich, lost 3-2 to Galatasaray, and they've now lost 4-3 to Copenhagen. So they've shipped 11 goals in three games. I know the 1-0 Copenhagen game gets in the middle of that, but they've shipped 11 goals in three games. Yeah. They've lost nine of seventeen games this season. Yeah, they're not, United they're not now need to win the no. They need to but win the two the league, remaining games. Well, they need to win the two remaining games yeah. away to Galatasaray and at home to Bayern Munich. Neither of those are a given. And as we said, some of the decisions in Ten Hag's eyes totally unacceptable. It's clear we are very disappointed because you play very good. I think we started the game so well. Well, best minutes of this season uh, we are winning the game and I think the red card changes everything and then we can see two goals before half time which should never have count uh, first is offside second the penalty and that is uh, in four games four, four penalties against and where I say three are very debatable it's also harsh I think he, he went for the ball and the referee has so a long time they need so such a long time to make it a red card. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's weak, you're, isn't it? you're in the lead twice against Copenhagen and you lose it. There's your problem, Eric. It's weak, isn't it? There's, it's a weak set of arguments that he puts forward. You know, this we've had for years and forever and a day the observation that the Uniteds of the world always get more penalties than everybody else. And all of a sudden, because they've got four penalties against them in recent games, all of a sudden that's something that shouldn't happen to Man United and every one of them is debatable. You had the game at 2-0. Yes, it disadvantages you to lose a player, but surely you are adroit enough as a side to be able to overcome that and not ship four goals. I mean, ship Absolutely. four goals. I mean, Tottenham went down to nine men and shipped four goals. Right. Uh, and you have ten men and you're two nil up and you uh, allow the side to get back into the game and now you blame it all on a red card. No, the red card didn't help you. But you should have had... I mean, like you say, Copenhagen, in my view, are in a Champions League on merit. But they're not Bayern Munich. Exactly. They're not a top, top side. Exactly. So you should be able to manage your way through this. So but let's see that... Let's, let's, for example, imagine that United don't win their two remaining games. Would a Champions League group stage exit, Simon, see Ten Hag's position move into the untenable stage? Um... It's difficult to make arguments for the longevity of Ten Hag by current standards because obviously Manchester United's uh, aim was to evolve. If you look at the Glazers' decision-making process and you start reading into the background of how they appointed David Moyes and how they make their decisions, you'd you'd be surprised. You'd not be surprised if they kept Ten Hag or they let him go. It, yeah. When when Woodward left about 18 months ago, we had this off-the-record conversation which was meant to be fascinating, wasn't it? We were supposed to give us insight, brief the media. I remember tell us, that. Tell us how we weren't able to repeat things. Yeah. None of it was particularly interesting. No. Um, and none of it was particularly valuable and I didn't quite understand why everyone was so important that he needed to have an off-the-record briefing with us. Yeah. But one of the questions we asked him was, do you think Manchester United will win the Premier League in the next five years? And his answer was yes. Well, okay. That I don't know if that means that they're going to take five years to do it, but at this moment in time, 
despite the protestations of Eric Ten Hag, this is not a very compelling Manchester United. So if they're getting knocked out of the Champions League, does it strengthen the argument or weaken the resolve of those in place? It'll strengthen the argument for those that perhaps want Ten Hag out and it'll weaken the resolve for those that want to keep him in. Mm. And the those that want to keep him in will be the people that are in situ right now. So I'm, I'm, so I, I have made my position moderately clear for what my position is worth on Ten Hag. I don't think that Ten Hag has exhibited the characteristics from the first moment I saw him to where we are today. So where you where are you at with him then today? Well, I think is he close to time? I up? think it's easy to fire people. It's much more difficult to replace them with someone meaningful. I know, and but I, you wanted to shout out from the word go virtually. It seemed to me. Well, I I did and, want I I called it an unavoidable mistake. Right. Because get because, your coat, Ollie. Well, I, I called it an unavoidable mistake because when you beat PSG the way that Man United did, and you'd gone this run of that form where you'd beaten Cardiff and a few other sides, it made it look like it was more compelling. And then you sit there, you make an easy decision. Because it's a popular um, a person that's been at Manchester United and appears to embody the Man United way of thinking from the 1999 group. And really what he was, was a standard bearer for poor standards. And you erode the quality, the feel, the look and the, the whole dynamic of Man United. And, I don't, and people can turn around and say, oh God blimey, what did Ole Gunnar Solskjaer do to Simon Jordan have it off with his girlfriend? No, nothing <laughs> to do with that. It was simply because I look at it and think, I surely to God, a mediocrity cannot be rewarded. Yeah, but are we so, in the area of mediocrity now with Ten Hag? Well, yes, I think I think that you've, you've, won, you've won the League Cup, which is a good competition to win. Because well, why aren't you sitting there this morning saying, get your coat, Ten Hag, because as you, you said about Ollie? Because you didn't put that question to me. So you're saying to him, get I'm, your coat. I'm answering. Well, no, I'm I'm answering the question in context. And in, at the time you asked me the only gone Solskjaer question, what would you do if you only gone to Solskjaer? This was after about two years of mediocrity. And I said, I think it was me. If I was in his shoes, I'd get my coat because I don't think he's good enough. And Ten Hag could have the same moniker. Um, obviously, he's got a league cup. He's got a third in the table. And people will say only gone to Solskjaer had some of those things in place. Um, I, I think. Without wanting to consistently call out managers, I don't think he's good enough to be Man United manager. But it depends what the brief is. If the brief is, if we sit here, win games a, presumably. Yeah, but but, but this is a they've long, lost nine of seventeen. This is this is, a, this is a marathon, not a sprint, right? So if the brief oh, is Simon. no, but ha- hang on, if the if not our brief, the brief of the Manchester United employers, if their brief to Ten Hag was we must get into the top four, and we must achieve things in the Champions League, and they don't achieve those things, then he gets the sack, right? But if the brief was something different i.e. we get in the top four the Champions League it's not a big deal we'd like to get into the later stages of that but you must keep us in the top four of the Premier League then I would suggest that it's, it's, it all again comes down to the brief but the brief must be if you're spending £200 million every transfer uh, every se- transfers every season your brief must be that you're trying to get very close to winning the league yeah. and they're not getting any closer yeah. so how much time do you give how much rope do you give someone like Ten Hag do you so let does run a Champions run? League exit at the group stages equal Eric, get your coat. I think it gives you a stronger argument if you're in that persuasion, yeah. But I've never thought he shouldn't have. I never thought he should have got his coat on in the first place. Right. Let alone take it off. Download, stand well back, listen. Outspoken with White and Jordan from the world's biggest sports radio station, Talk Sport. Here's Connor Simon, who's a big Manchester United fan. Connor, good morning. You're through to us. What do you want to say? Hi, guys. Absolute massive fan of you both. Thank you. Speech, both. Thank you. Um, yeah, we ten, ten arcs just messed up here, and I think the Glazers have actually done the right thing. They've asked, we've asked this manager to be our manager for quite a long time. Um, ten arcs got the backing from the Glazers, and he's just bought below average players for high prices. Um, Mason Mount, fifty-five million. What an absolute waste of money! 
Um, so, yeah, we've just got the wrong manager and he just needs to leave, really. And the Glazers have done the right thing. They got We thought we got the right manager in, but I don't know why he's bought these below-average players for for such high prices. And, yeah, we're just not going to get anywhere. The, the thing is, Connor, are you not fed up with what seems to be a cyclical situation at Manchester United? New fella comes in, they give him the boot. New fella comes in, he gets the boot. You know where I'm going with it? Yeah, it's just, it's we're never going to have the third year ever again. I think we're going to be sort of the new Chelsea. You know, eventually we will end up, you know, having success under the manager, and then he won't do so well. Although I've lost words if I'm honest, Jim. I'd go where the it's, yeah, it, I think he just needs to go. You know, the, the Glazers are back then. We can't argue that. They've spent a lot of money, but on the wrong players, and they're below average. OK, Connor, so, listen, we thank you for your words, mate. Thank you for that. Here's Scott, a big United fan. Scott, good morning to you. Where are you at with Ten Hag? Was last night a deciding factor for you? No, why, Jim, you've just said it. Why, why are we going to keep going down the same road of... Getting a manager in, sack him. Get a manager in, sack him. Get a manager. Yeah, it, it doesn't yeah. work like that. Yeah, it, it's it's pathetic, and I'm sick and tired of hearing it. As a United fan, from, fan that supported the club from the seventies, um, uh, those fans from the Fergie era just expect everything to click into place straight away. It doesn't happen, Jim. It didn't happen with City when they got all this money piled into them. It took them seasons before they actually won the Premier League. Chelsea, the same. why are we going to keep on going down this same route of berating managers? Yes, listen, he's lost seven games or whatever it is in the last 19 or whatever that, that is. We're three points less off than we were this time last season and we finished third and won the Carabao Cup. Yeah, but yes, Scott, with, with Ten Hag, and you can't, you can't argue with it, mate, it seems to be with Ten Hag one step forward, two te- steps back. Is that not the case on a uh, regular basis? No, Jim. No, Jim, that's that's the way you're looking at it. Do you know what I mean? You, you, you've got an opinion that's different to majority of United fans. No, listen, your opinion is more important than mine. You're a true fan, so so let us have it. What what do they do? Well, let's stick with the manager. Let's stick with him. He's got the right attitude for this club. He is a disciplinarian. We get we need to get rid of still of, of this old wood. And the gentleman before saying that we bought the wrong players that are bang average. Casemiro, five times Euro with European champion. Um Varan, champion four times. You know, you, you yeah, can't say yeah. that he's bought the wrong players. Yeah. We've got injuries right through the squad. You know, Luke Shaw's missing. The the back four's not been the same all season. Okay. Which last season was it, it was a sturdy back four, Jim. So, so, so Scott, I'm looking no, at a message in front of me. Don't sack the manager. We want an, we don't want another manager. You keep this narrative going in the mornings when we get a bad result. We're sick of it. You fall into that camp. Keep him there. Exactly. He'll get it going eventually. Exactly. Scott, listen, thanks for that. Neil, a big United fan. You listen to Scott. Do you concur with his view? Let him stay. Let him prove that he can do it. To be honest, I do, I do agree with Scott, actually. Um, I don't really think... I mean, the manager... No manager's perfect. I grew up, you know, before Fergie with Ron Atkinson, then into Fergie and everything. And, and you can go back, you can regress, and you can say, yeah, but, you know, everything was great when it was with Fergie. Yeah, of course. But we were the city of the time then, and we're not now. And the landscape of football has changed. And I just think changing managers 
left, right, and centre. Oli, I was never for Oli as, as a manager. He was a good interim, you know. But to be honest, you look at look at Ajax now without Ten Hag and what a team has become. Yes, obviously yeah. a good catalyst. You know, I think that the director of football and the CEO, who actually, frankly, should have been sacked after the whole um, a Greenwood incident. To be honest, I think that he's above him. He's not without blame, hundred percent. But yeah, no yeah. manager ever is. Yeah, hold that, please. Level five. Thank you. Ah, you must be one of our new interns. Yeah, hi. Nice to meet you. Hi. Now, the most important thing to know is to Ertz and the Bypassal Rise plug sale. The most important thing is what? Sorry. The single most important thing is to Ertz and the Channelized Bimbingus at the Bypassal Rise plug sale, and you'll be fine. Uh, yeah, that sounds important. Does work chat all sound like gibberish to you? Find collaborative articles with tips from the LinkedIn community to help you get through those tricky conversations. Making work make sense? LinkedIn knows how. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Download, stand well back, listen. Outspoken with White and Jordan. From the world's biggest sports radio station, Talk Sport. We're looking back at the Rugby World Cup, but for a particular reason. Because uh, South Africa's Bongi Bonambi has now hit out at England for being, quote, unprofessional, and he denied that he racially abused Tom Curry at the Rugby World Cup. Simon, you'll remember this moment, and of course it was headline news, and uh, thereafter... um, Curry was going to give evidence. Steve Borthwick, the England head coach, said that Curry was, quote, a victim who has not been able to have his voice heard. So where is this still going? Because there's still discussion around it because to many, the situation remains unresolved. Rugby League Hall of Famer Martin Afaya joins us in studio. I always say it when I see you. You look as if you could strip up and go out there and play for England today. You Just keep facade. Your, you keep yourself super fit, do you not? Well, I was up early. I had my cold shower, did a bit of exercise. You know, yeah. Consistency is key. Where's Where's your head with this one? Is Is it dangerous to call someone irresponsible for alleging racial abuse in sport? Is it irresponsible? Is it unprofessional? What is it, Martin? I just think the whole situation is quite it's quite comical. I, I do know that I'll be in a comed, comedy club in uh, you know a couple of months, and some comedian will will take hold of this and think that you know I suppose this is progress, isn't it? Um, uh, you know that a black man can feel comfortable enough now to uh, you know abuse a, a white man on a rugby pitch. You know that's if he did do it. We don't know uh, if he, he you know if there was abuse, if there wasn't abuse. You know, but the fact that we're discussing it and it is you know would it be a, a why total- would it be progress? Just because I just think, you know... Are you saying that tongue-in-cheek? Yeah, obviously tongue-in-cheek, because 
obviously when I when I you know I I just you know obviously growing up in 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 the seventies and and playing rugby union and rugby league and and you know the things that I had to go through I did not believe in my wildest dreams that one day I'd be sat on uh, a talk radio show discussing a black South African uh, who probably couldn't uh, you know if he was born in, in the times when Jimmy Peters the first black man to actually play rugby union for England was capped in 1906 he and then in you know I think a few tests later South Africa went on to complain so he wasn't picked to play for South Africa and uh, we all know the history of what's happened in South Africa so I think that is progress that now there are sufficient black players in the South African team that they feel comfortable enough to abuse a, a white English player and I say that tongue-in-cheek allegedly allegedly, allegedly yeah what, say- do you, what do you think has happened to you Martin and Sam is going to come in on this in a second because we know that Tom Curry approached Ben O'Keefe who was a referee yeah. in that particular game South Africa England in the first half of the semi-final last month alleging he had been racially abused I think obviously there's got the jet, get out of jail free free card and that is you know the the, the language barrier um, he says that you know I spoke to him in Afrikaans and I know that the Afrikaans language is a very kind of uh, you know it has very guttural. sharp guttural thing so it could you know he's got that to, to, to get away with and, and because there's no evidence you know if there was evidence then it, it would be it would be shown you know then at the end of the day it's one person's word against another person's word so you know what can you do you can't you can't hang somebody just because you, you know that they're a bank robber you have to prove that you know what I mean? So there's got to be an element of proof. And I think that's, you know, the grey area. So we're discussing on on the basis of he did say it on, or on the basis of he didn't say it. I, you know, if I was probably Tom Curry, but I'm not because I'm not white and I'm not playing today, then maybe I probably would have let it go. But, uh, you know, but when I hear these arguments of trying to compare to do things, because, you know, I hear you know, a lot of people on social media say, you know, if it was the other way around, then, you know, it would be totally different. But would you let it go because it's been a cultural thing that black players have had to endure, or would you let it go because you'd rise above it? Um, I suppose uh, I've had to, to, to rise above it in the past, so maybe yeah. maybe I'm looking at it from that. Well, and the other thing, I'm thinking, if I can't actually prove it, you know, what is the point? If every time I came off the pitch and said, you know, I think someone may have abused me, I would have, yeah. been, I would have been laughed out but, of but town. But 90% of the observations that we've heard over the last four or five years in various sports have been basically one person's word against another. Yeah. And there's been this race to the bottom where everybody has automatically assumed because a white person has made an observation about a black or brown person, yeah. or perceived observation or an allegation of one, uh, a racial slur, that automatically there is a race to the bottom, everyone is guilty by association. Yet in this other side, you've got to, you can't have it both ways. You've got to have equality in the, in the conversation. Yeah. If a black person has been abused by a white person, there needs to be a consequence for it. And if the, the reverse applies, and the same temperature in the room has to be applied. And in this instance, it doesn't appear to have been applied with the same gusto through the media, yeah. through the same gusto through the game. When Lufa Burrell was asserting observations about who was doing things to him and never naming anybody, there was a real energy for that. There doesn't seem to be a lot of energy for this particular conversation. You know, uh, you know pardon the pun, but you know, most things in life aren't just plainly black and black white. And white. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? There is subtext. When when people, when I was getting abused back in the 80s and when, in the, you know, if you want to go back to the civil rights, then it was different. You know, life's about meaning and emotion. It's about the meaning that you give things and, and how it makes you feel. There's always nuance and, so, and context. Yes, that's what I'm trying to say. Yeah. So I, I, we, you probably would be better off having Tom Curry sat in this seat because, you know, I'd like, I'd like to know what did he actually feel? Was it... Because, you know, people get abused for a lot of reasons or whatever, but is it, did he feel like, 
his heritage or mm. his family or his sense of a, being a man was being attacked. You know, that's what you have to understand. And that's, you can't just say, you know, oh, it's and, and compare it to that because the history of the world is but different. That's a, but that's a convenient, but with respect. It's not convenient. It's, convenient it's real argument, life. It's real Martin. life. Every, I've lived through it. It's real no, life. Yeah, for you. Trust me. But you don't, you're not, black people aren't a homogenous group. Yes, you don't, you don't. You don't represent every persuasion. I don't. So, so every absolutely. time somebody I'm makes a racial slur, it doesn't mean that then the person automatically defaults to their heritage. That's why I said meaning and emotion. Right. Meaning and emotion. Understood. That's why I said you have to ask Tom. You, and you'd have to ask that ir person. Ir irrespective of what the meaning to means to an individual, yeah. the, the ability to use racial slurs has to be then dispassionately observed by the people that are then making people uh, have the consequences for yeah. saying it. Yeah. So you can't make the argument. You can, because it's relational yeah. to you. Yeah. But uh, uh, over and above that, if we're going to have an equal society that the same standards apply to both sides, yeah. you can't then bring heritage into the conversation for the purpose no, of I'm advancing the argument. I'm telling you that arguments. it means something different. But what I'm saying to you is that if it was proven that he is guilty, then yeah. yes, I believe it's equal punishment. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm, Any I'm, reasonable it, man is going to say that. Absolutely right. But I'm saying, why are we having this discussion Let's dig a little deeper the, and understand and, and be honest which, and say... Which is a fair point. Um, and, and, and well, that's, why are we having, that's what and, this is all and, about. And, it's and, an opportunity and, to have a discussion, a, is it not? Yeah, because it he's not getting he's not getting banned. It's, we can't prove it. So but the only difference, let's forget about but the it. Only but no, it's, it's the only difference in the conversation is we both know yes. that if this conversation were on the other side of the argument... There would be a race yes, to the bottom. Yes, and, and there's a reason for well, that. Well, because well, of the history that we've lived through. And there's a reason for that. And you can't, you can't deny that. You can't deny that. As I said, it's about the meaning and emotion. When, you, when you've come through something, it's now if you're going to go, you know, if you want to go and talk to, I don't know, a, an immigrant, a refugee or whatever, these things, that's what sometimes is missed. People think it's the subtleties. It's, it's the meaning. It's the, how you make somebody feel. Because if you abuse me, when they abuse me, Mate, I did not feel one odor. Of, you know, I, I know there's so, yeah, other yeah. players, and I know I've had, and I don't want to name them no, no, on no. that already. No, I've spoken other players who have not been as successful as me. And when I talk yeah. about things, yeah. and I think after the last time I think I was on Talksport, he reached out to me, and he said, and he didn't have a successful career because the abuse crushed him. Yeah, because he dropped balls, he didn't have success. You know, and it. But me, I used it for my. Great, great yes. triumph. No, so I, I so that. I obviously I view things slightly differently. So this I have to understand that nuance that Martin, as well. The situation here. Yep. I mean, the talking goes on, Simon, doesn't it? Mm. He, here we have Bongi Bonambi, who's a player I enjoyed watching. He's saying that um, well, he's very clever in what he's saying here, because now, well, he, now he's making it about English arrogance and first world arrogance. It's <laughs> a very clever pivot, well, by the way. He, he's saying what he's saying, Martin. In your view, is it too late after the event for world rugby to pull? Mumbambi together and Curry together in front of a committee and retrospectively look back in the moment and give some kind of judgment. Because if they mate, don't, get, we'll get never know. And Bambi and Curry on talk sport, mate. <laughs> you sell out, you sell out, mate. You could do pay-per-view pay radio for that. <laughs> There's something new. I mean, do you uh, think it's been swept under the carpet, is what I'm uh, saying? No, I don't think it's been swept under the carpet. I think maybe the unions are sweeping under the carpet because there's no way of resolving it. Mm. So sometimes you might, if you can't resolve something, as I say, you might as well just move it aside and, right. and, and, and right. move forward. And let's yeah. say, you know, maybe players have to be mic'd up now. But I find it unusual that no one can collaborate, you know, these are forwards, so they're not backs. It's not yeah. backs, you know what I mean? Mm. In the scrubs, surely there must be some, someone else must have 
heard it or whatever but if you haven't then as I say then you just have to sometimes in life you have to let things go yeah. things have happened to me and then you just have to really just think to yourself okay that's happened I have to move on you know what I mean? And let it go. And I mean, you were amazing at that. You know, I've spoken about this topic because many times. Because what you want to be, right or successful. Yeah. But, but, but you can't but, be both. But, but, but by your argument, Martin, what you've, what you've got is a denotion between what a racial slur means to one person and what it means to another. It is different, right? So the tragedy of this argument is, is that that means that if a black person abuses a white person, there's going to be more explanation behind it than there is if a white person, because a white person's got to factor into their thinking no, that no. once upon a time, somewhere no. a long, long time ago, reparations weren't no, paid for something no. that happened in 1835. No, no. If so someone's born in a council estate or if someone's born in, uh, you know, an ivory tower and they murder someone they both go to jail for murder yeah but you know there are going to be certain situations where you're in a situation and they're going to take into consideration effect, consideration other things that's all i'm saying sure. let's have a yeah. full conversation yeah, yeah. you know what i mean but what i say is, to people just because you've so come what, from once you're an adult you're an adult Martin, you're responsible by, lo for by that logic extrapolating that up it doesn't mean that all racism is equal it means that racism is weighted it means that if you're a racist to a brown black person you must remember their heritage but if you're racist to a white person that it gets priced in differently mate you can you can you can doesn't Batch it, it doesn't, up however you want, but we, life is not black or white. So however we have this conversation, however we but racism chop it, is racism, isn't it? Yes, it is. It in is in the here and, and now. Exactly. Yeah. So if you get found guilty of it, you get punished. Yeah. And no yeah. one's. And I'm but, not but, saying that should not value, happen. But Download. Stand well back. Listen. Outspoken with White and Jordan from the world's biggest sports radio station, Talk Sport. I was at Arsenal last night, and who did I meet there? But boxing promoter Frank Warren. So we had a chat. And the chat developed. And Frank began to tell me more about his recent experience with Tyson Fury in Saudi Arabia when he met Francis Ngannou. Now, of course, Fury won the fight, but Frank described his takeaway from the whole event in Riyadh. Just how amazing it was out there and how committed the Saudis are to boxing and how important for boxing the Riyadh season is going to be in the future. In terms of what's next, are we looking at a big night in December the 23rd? If so, with whom? There's going to be a big night in December and we'll be announcing it very soon and it will be massive. In Saudi. Come on, the Frank, what, what more can you tell me? You're going to love it. You're going to love it. I promise you, you'll love it. I can't give you all the information at the moment, but everything's going in the right direction for something to be an historical night in boxing. OK, and then in February, and Tyson himself said, yeah, see you in the new year. By that, are we looking at Fury Yusik in February? That fight's signed. It was originally uh, expected to take place on the 23rd of December. It's been pushed back and it'll take place in the early part of New Year. That fight will happen. It again is going to be a massive fight. It's, it's, the, you know, it's the first time a unification fight has taken place this century. And it's one of the quickest unification ever been put together. You know, this is just, for me as a promoter, it just gets better and better. The events get bigger and bigger. It's just fabulous. So you're telling me straight, Fury Usyk is on, and it's on in February. I'm telling you straight, as I've always told you, all the way through any conversation we've had, Jim, straight up, mate, it's on. Come on, give us something about December the 23rd. It's two days before Christmas. <laughs> when December the 23rd becomes... Um, a bit more apparent as to who is going to be featuring. Are we going to be surprised by the names? It's going to feature boxers from all over the world. And 
you will be surprised by the names, and there's some great names and there's some great fights involving British fighters too. How does Tyson feel about getting in with in February? He's looking forward to it. He's been trying. We've been trying to get this on now for the last year, and it's not happening. And it's been it's been made to happen through what's happened in Saudi. It's been, as I said, from the day one when we made the fight against Nagano, it will be a game changer. And the game has changed, and you're going to see these fights happen. They're making them happen. You know, we're working very hard between us all to give the fans what they want, and they are going to happen, and they happen in Riyadh season. We're big fans of yours, you know that, on our show, and yet Tyson appears to have fallen out, certainly with Simon. But that can be patched up, can't it, Frank? I'm sure at the end of the day um, something I hope will happen because, uh, you know, it's good for everybody to talk and I'm sure and I hope that it will do. We'll see. Time will tell. Time's a healer, I hope. Time's a healer, said Frank. And then he got back to watching Arsenal beating Seville by two goals to nil. Um, what we now know is that Fury Yusik has made. It's done. Mm-hmm. And it's in February. There is now no dubiety about it. It goes ahead. At last, Spencer, regardless of December 23, which we'll get to, you've got a massive fight to look forward to and one which now has been signed. It's done. End of Riyadh season, February the 24th. That's the possible date. Um, and signed, sealed and delivered. We, we finally get the undisputed. We haven't had one of those since 1999 when Lennox Lewis beat Amanda Holyfield. Was you mm. there? I was you, at both, yeah. You, yeah. I was at the first fight in the rematch, yeah. Yeah, I mean, you, you're talking decades. So, you know, it's a massive moment and, and, and we finally get the undisputed fight. I mean, how many years have we been talking about this undisputed fight? Was we going to get it with... At one time, going back to Anthony Joshua when he yeah. held the titles versus Tyson Fury. That's, well, how, that's what's you know. cleared the pitch, really. Because if Anthony Joshua still held the belts, the Saudis would have come to the table much earlier. Sure. Because the money would have been in the room. Because I think the real money, whether I like it or disagree with it, I think reverberates around Joshua still. The Joshua question needing to be answered by boxing has he still got it left? Is there going to be something from Anthony Joshua to come back from? Does he is he gun shy? Is actually a bigger question now than whether whether Tyson Fury fights Alexander Usyk. Well, I, I agree with mind, Simon on that. I'm looking at the question on our graphic regarding uh, on the graphic on YouTube and Facebook. When will Fury Usyk happen? It will happen in February. Yep. So now we know that. Frank wouldn't go into detail about December the 23rd because he's got a couple of pressers coming up which will reveal all. What do you think he's talking about, Simon? There could be a bunch of permutations here. Yeah, I'd, well, I'd like to think it was Anthony Joshua versus Deontay Wilder. I'd like to think it was that, but I don't think Frank's got any jurisdiction in that. Sure. So it's not his fighters. He doesn't have any influence unless he's got the PIF fund on, on speed dial and they're doing it on his behalf with no gain for him in that respect. I would imagine it's one of Frank's fighters, so I would imagine it's someone like Daniel Dubois. And Daniel Dubois fighting someone... Joseph Parker. Like Joseph Parker. Yeah. Daniel Dubois, Joseph Parker. I don't think that'll be... I don't be. I don't think that'll be the headline, though. Maybe not. I believe that you'll have Ngannou on the headline. That's where I think... Mm. That's where I think it's going to be. I think that you could get Dubois Parker as a, as a chief support with a good undercard. Mm. The question is then, who's fighting Ngannou? If, if you're following the grapevine and, and the beating drums, that you'll follow it to perhaps Anthony Joshua. Yeah. That's what Eddie Hearn is trying to monetize because he's out, he's out of the game right now as far as the Saudis are concerned. If he gets himself back in the game by bringing Joshua and all of a sudden they've got a lovely opportunity here because the pay-per-view figures on the Fury fight ain't great. Mm-hmm. 400,000 on TNT, oh, I mean, 56,000 in ESPN in America and we'll see what the zone did and that will be their backstory because no one will ever know. 
But the point is, it's not great numbers economically. But if Joshua comes into town and the Saudis see Joshua do a million pay-per-views against Ngannou, <laughs> yeah. all of a sudden Joshua's stock rises again. Well, listen, that's what we were talking about, wasn't it? Who's, who's the biggest draw in boxing, pay-per-view star? And it has to be Anthony Joshua. And I think with heavyweight division. And yeah. I think with Ngannou's performance against Tyson Fury, his stocks rose. I think that's a good fight. And I think that a fight, I know Eddie Hearn is in talks no, about that. No, I think, no, but what I'm saying is, that is a big pay per view the fight. The one we want yeah. is Joshua against Wilder. The negotiations it? broke down there, though, with Skills Challenge. You know what happened there? The fight was meant to happen in December. Negotiations p- fell down. Skills Challenge didn't come up with the money that was there. Then, it, then Eddie was talking about pushing it back to um, pro- possibly January time, even moving to February. Josh was training for a fight. He wants to fight in December. He's ready December. It sort of makes sense. But, but it I think it makes I, sense, well, it? Maybe, maybe Especially it, if we now know that Fury Yusik is, uh, is fixed. That's made yep. in February. So before that, fixed, all lies no. are like... What what is what is Joshua doing? AJ needs an opponent for December. Francis and Garnu's floating around. There's massive money yeah, in Saudi. I, I think we re- Eddie's re- talking to the Saudis. It's sort of all coming together. Yeah, great. There, there should be no more credibility about that fight than there was in the first fight in between Francis and Garnu and Tyson Fury. If Tyson Fury had gone and done his job, right, then he should have done a number on Francis and Garnu. Don't, don't tell me how proficient Francis and Garnu was. Don't tell me how um, how much of a of of, of, of uh, cloak and dagger or smoke and mirrors they did by putting out pads because people are aware of how people fight on pads and how they fight mm. in the real life right? when there's no fear factor so, involved so the point is is it should have been the same experience for, 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 for Francis Ngannou which brings into question how great Tyson Fury really is now he'll be better in the, in the fight against Alexander Usyk and I think he'll probably beat Alexander Usyk which makes him top of the pile but when we start losing our minds over what Francis Ngannou did in that fight and start turning him into a top 10 heavyweight that actually gives Anthony Joshua credibility for fighting him, the only credibility in that fight is in Anthony Joshua's bank balance. I don't blame him. Mm. I don't blame him. But I want to see Anthony Joshua... We, come on, we can't make the argument we've gone Jermaine Franklin... Um, Robert Hellenius. Now we need to see him in a live one. Okay, let's get an MMA fighter that got, got went in against Tyson <laughs> yeah, Fury but, that wasn't prepared, yes, didn't but, take it yeah, seriously. But Simon, yeah. with the result like, going the way that it did, what it's I'm saying is the, ca- yeah, but the casual, fa- yeah, but the casual fan will go. There's an appetite for that fight now with Anthony Joshua because the question marks hanging over Anthony Joshua. But we that know whether be- he still wants to fight, I don't you know, think that should be next. But for you guys Joshua. that know better, cannot be next. You guys, you guys that know better. Who else should not gonna... be fueling that fire? You know better. No, no, you know, you know. In all honesty, that Fury's performance against Ngannou was embarrassing, and I don't care whether that means that Tyson ever talks to me again or Frank Warren bristles. It was not good enough, and it should have been the same outcome as what Floyd Mayweather did to Conor McGregor, which was basically a boxer making an MMA fighter look like an MMA fighter, and he didn't. The problem with Fury was he had he had no fear factor going into that. I hope they beat that out, by the way. Yes. I couldn't <laughs> believe where that came from. So we, what we know is this. I meant this, to say BS. But, this uh, fight in February is made. At last, we know for a fact, and Frank confirmed that last night to me at the Emirates, Fury will fight Usyk in February. And then before that, December the 23rd, a historical night for boxing. But who does it involve? Now, Frank will be having a presser in the next few days and all will be revealed. The world's most dangerous download. Outspoken with White and Jordan. From the world's biggest sports radio station, Talk Sport. Thanks for listening to Outspoken with White and Jordan. Please leave us a five-star review wherever you get your podcast from. We'll be back tomorrow to bring you the best of the show. Too tired to clean your floors after playtime? 
forgot to vacuum before your friends bring their little ones over? Let Eufy X10 Pro Omni help. Powerful 8000 PA suction removes debris and MopMaster dual mop pads scrub away stubborn stains with ease. Save time and keep your floors cleaner. Want to know more? Go to eufy.com, that's E-U-F-Y.com, and discover X10 Pro Omni, the best-in-class all-in-one robot vacuum for only $799. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads.